0: Welcome to today's
1: episode. Oh, man. Link
0: looks
1: like a limp biscuit CD. (laughs) Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to another great episode of My Shaw Life with your co hosts, Stephen and Victor. Guys, welcome back. You know, we're excited to give you another great episode today. We got a topic that is hot cakes right now. Waffles. Hot waffles. Nah, man. man. Hot cakes. You know, check check the polls online. We got the survey up on the website. Uh, Cults, they're big. They're big right now. They're big in the news because of the Wild, Wild Country Netflix documentary series. Check it out. So, today's episode, we are discussing cults and then how someone might be influenced to become a member or create a cult or what they are in general. And if they might be beneficial to society, well, sure. I've never seen—I've never seen your eyebrows go so high. What purpose do they serve? And then today, instead of doing our normal bourbon and whiskey, or and or whiskey, we're drinking on some new Belgium Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Nice. Did not mess it up. Great and, job. Great. Yeah, job. and they have—I mean, this is like the fourth or fifth different Voodoo Ranger, and they Voodoo Ranger series. Top-notch New Belgium line. 7.5% ABV, and uh, it's unfiltered IPA. So looking at it right after the pour, Vic, it's a little bit cloudy. It's
0: a lot of bit cloudy. It's almost
1: like fruit juice, the way they look. Like grapefruit juice, that's what it looks like. Kinda. sure does. I'm going to take a sip without hitting this glass. Here, we can hit glasses too. Great. Great good impressions, or early impressions. <sighs> yeah, refreshing. Uh, today's toilet talk. We're discussing
0: stall oh. gap, not thigh gap. We're discussing stall
1: gap, stall the, gap, and the etiquette it, of the of, of the, the stall public gap. stall. Yeah. yeah, crazy. It's gonna get intense. I mean, I'm I feel pretty strongly about this. I hope you do. Oh, I do. And then our last thing of the day, our fourth versus, I believe, cats versus dogs. Hollow. So a big one. There's a, There'll be a lot of debate during that for all segment. you listeners out there. I know Vic's a big hamster fan, and that didn't make the cut. So. Gerbil, personally, okay. my fave. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and get started today. Uh, take your sip if you want to get another sip in. You already drank half your glass. Man, it, it does taste like, uh, it's got a little fruity, tropical vibe, flavor. Guava juice. Maybe like a little bit of pineapple. What do you think? Yeah, pine, pineapple, definitely. Vic, so I heard you were in a cult when you grew up.
0: I was. I was back in the day.
1: Was that the New Moon cult?
0: Yeah. I mean, whenever Twilight came out, I was just like, <laughs> bam, I was in it. And it was, you know, you there were two different cults. You were either Jacob or... The latter. Or the <laughs> other guy. Vampire? Yeah. Edward. <laughs> Edward. Yeah. <laughs> I was obviously Team Jacob because, I mean...
1: Because you're tan.
0: I mean, what a hump. You
1: probably had a lot of hair back then.
0: Yeah, dog. I was basically a werewolf. So, you know, we would meet under the full moon and like howl and share, you know, we just, you know, bring dead animals and eat them together raw. And that was, I mean, that's what we did. That was like... The ultimate cult, right there. It was. It was. I mean, just that great sounds
1: time. like a cult thing. Yeah, sacrificing animals, right?
0: Oh, it wasn't. It was to sustain our lives, <laughs> our our inner spirit animals.
1: Okay. Did your skin also glow in the sunshine?
0: Nah, those were those stupid vampires.
1: Okay. So, guys, if you're looking up cult online, you're gonna get a very specific definition as it relates to a system of religious beliefs. Uh, and not necessarily like your established religions but more of it's i guess cults tend to be linked to enlightenment. Mhm. Um and that's how the I- ideology is established. However, I don't think necessarily you have to uh you have to group it into just religion though. It could be pretty much any ideology, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's not necessarily that every like all of these cults believe in some sort of higher power or some sort of uh, like Steve said, like a religious ideology, It's just a specific line of thinking that they all embrace or are influenced to share. That's uh, and we'll have a couple different examples of both sides of that coin where there are the more enlightening, religious kind of, you know, free spirit versions. And then you've got the other ones who, uh, they're cults that look at certain aspects of society and look to judge, Others based on their
1: shortcomings. The Illuminati. The Illuminati. <laughs> What's the other one? What's the one with the owl? That is the Illuminati, right? Coo. Hoo. Who? Do you know anything about that one? The owl bear? N- owl bear? Owl bear. What is an owl bear?
0: It's a bear with an owl's face.
1: Is it similar to man bear pig?
0: Yes. And puppy monkey baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a cult of all of its own. Is that really? No, but oh. it's Taco Bell commercial. Oh, <laughs> which is a cult. Oh yeah, well, they, <laughs> they're they aligned. They're it aligned with the Illuminati. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they
1: sure. show the the tortilla chip Illuminati. With the all
0: seeing tortilla chip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so why do you think people join a cult? It's a feeling of belonging, Steve. I think
0: you know some people might be lost in their lives and they're looking to. To belong somewhere, and it, that was my initial I'm not, impression too. I'm not saying they're weak minded, but you know they might be frail and just looking for something and somewhere to be who they are or be who they want to be, and you know they're embraced by this group in the line of thinking.
1: Yeah, I think it's a mixture of that, and I think it's a mixture of people being weak, either just a weak person in general, or they're at a weak point in their life. Mm. Maybe they need someone to reassure them that they're worth something or they need someone to rely on or they need, like, a relationship. And then some of these cults are offering, I don't know, what is it. what would be the best way to describe it? Like, companion, not companionship, but having someone there for you. So not only friendship, but... Offering a
0: family, essentially, is what they're offering.
1: So you have the opportunity to bond with these people. And then, you know, I, I think once they see the greater good that it does to them and their mental health, they kind of start sliding back on some of the ideas, and you know they, they don't push anymore for it. They're not like, well, what is this nonsense? They kind of accept it, because everyone else has accepted it, and that's where things get ugly, in my little, opinion. A little dicey. I, I imagine, and from what I've seen in some of the documentaries, is that it starts, it can start rather small. Mm-hmm. And once other people... Have, catch wind of like how great i guess is advertised where people are talking about you know i'm I'm hanging out with these people and we're doing these things every saturday you know it can start that small Mm -hmm. we're doing yoga sessions every saturday this one guy he runs the whole thing he's so charismatic he's great uh you know we give him just a little bit of money just to get by and then you know after that a month from there a year from there it could escalate yeah man he's
0: Brewing all the kombucha for everybody and they're drinking away and having parties and like, you know, he convinces everybody that it's the way of the all seeing yoga mat to like just start doing certain things. And that's that's and one
1: day when you're drinking that sunny delight that it happens to have a little special something in it.
0: He just exerts he or she exerts their influence over the entirety of the group or their status
1: Well, you brought up a great point that I guess the leader of the cult tends to have the ability to influence their subordinates. I think...
0: Would you say, I guess a good spin on that, is it an abuse of power?
1: Um, It depends on if it's intentional.
0: Because, I mean, normally these people aren't... the, The influencers, the people who are the heads of these cults aren't coming from... You know, they don't have this... High standing in society and it's self-created, so it's not yeah not an
1: abuse of power, but somehow pushing their influences down on the well. Others. I think initially, uh, well, depending on which example you're looking at, it seems like some of them have good intentions. Uh, they all seem to get a little bit lost with the abuse of power. I think um, you know you've, seen, you've heard the famous quote: uh, whenever someone's getting that much. Influence over individual people and has control on their daily lives. Uh, you know things get a little bit dicey because you're you're essentially calling the shots, and then if you're calling the shots, you can you can tell people to do whatever you want or however you see fit, right? So it turns from influencing others to an abuse of the power that you've yes. created. That's what I think, hmm. you know. And like I said, I don't think initially some of these what we call cults, you know, they they see them as Helpful ideologies um, that you know make their lives better at the moment. You know whether or not we disagree with what what they're uh, supporting or worshiping. Uh, I, I think it can be beneficial to individual people who are going through issues in their lives. But you know, whenever instances like what you're saying happens, where so many people get under them, or you give a blind allegiance to their leader or to your leader if you're in a cult. Uh, you know, that's that's where you're kind of, you know, I think you're asking for it, but then that's where they also start abusing the power because if you have blind allegiance, then you're going to be able to do whatever you want. And if you can do whatever you want, you will do whatever you want. It's that easy. It is that easy. I mean, tell me how many instances where someone had ultimate power and they've never abused it in any sense of the word can't think of any I mean I guess you can look
0: at it from a couple of different pr- perspectives I don't I don't know it's tough because some things are are so old some of these quote unquote cults mm-hmm. are so steeped in history that people are going along with everything that is going on and it's just being perpetuated and it's not necessarily that the people, like the leaders in these positions, are specifically isolating these groups. The people just continue to follow. It's not like they're going and recruiting and, and all that stuff, which, I mean, some, some people do.
1: Well, there's two that I would, I would throw out.
0: The ones that go door-to-door, by chance?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> happen to be called Jehovah's Witness
0: never it, heard of That's them. not what you were thinking of, were you? Oh, I mean Mormons, too. Yeah, they, they do that, too. Like and that's like, that's part of their get structure all is that
1: business. Well, like whenever you turn 18, your duty is to go about the world and spread the word of Mormonism. Mormonism?
0: John, Joe Smith. John Smith?
1: The Church of Latter-day Saints.
0: Sure. That's.
1: And then the other one being Scientology.
0: But I think it's interesting. I mean, you look at some examples of how extreme the idea of like religious cults can be, but then you look at how progressive some things are with, especially the Catholic faith. And I know we've touched on this in a prior episode where, you know, I grew up Catholic and the way you look at it, it is, I mean, it's, yes, it's a religion, but it's like, it's a cult. I mean, Steve mentioned earlier, you have this ritual where you meet every, you know, Wednesday and every Sunday and like you go and you kneel and then you stand up and then you do the sign of the cross. And then it's like, you're just, you're a robot. I mean, you're conditioned to do all of these things and taught a certain way, but getting back to the new pope, the head of the Catholic Church, I mean, he's as progressive as it gets. It's great. It's super refreshing to see these new takes. Um, obviously, the idea behind most religions is to do good in the world and be uh, you know, a good person in the eyes of whatever God is being worshipped um, or whatever thing is being worshipped. And so, you know, to see these things happening and have positive change is always uh, a good thing. So that's one positive spin to take on it, despite the fact that most people look at certain organized religions as very, very cult-like.
1: Yeah, and I don't, I wouldn't, I'd be hesitant to call them cults per se, just because I feel like cult, the word cult has a negative connotation. Oh, right? yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's why I called it a cult. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think there's good. If you're gonna, if you label that as a cult, then I feel like those can be beneficial to society because it gives structure to people's lives, it gives purpose, um, it allows allows people to uh, become, it allows fellowship to grow, and you know that's how you make some of your friends. That's how you make some of your. That's how you eventually find you know your wife or your husband potentially. Um, So I think it can do a lot of good. I do think that some of the, uh, I'll call them rituals, or the, uh, it's ritual, right? You know, things that happen. Close enough. Monthly, weekly, whatever it is. You know, some of those might be a little bit overdone because they're traditional. And if you know anything, or if we know anything, it's, uh, you know, we like nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, but we like doing things that are ritual, uh, ritualistic, I guess. You know, if I go up to bat... I'm gonna tighten my gloves up, or I'm gonna oh, put, yeah. twist my bat around, or I'm gonna, you know, put my helmet on if I'm playing football a certain way, or who knows, you know, that's that could be a batting ritual or a on-field on field ritual or you know whatever it is, and that could I think that can you know go all the way over to religion or belief. Sure. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, so I think you're with what you said there. I, I can I can agree with that.
0: And we've touched on stuff like this before in our tribalism episode. If you want to feel free to give that a listen, uh, either prior to this or after this, you can get an idea of the cult-like manner that tribalism and those ideologies present over. I think we touched on religion, sports, um, politics, politics, things like, you know, very extreme edges of those spectrums.
1: Yeah. And, because we're not going to get into too much of that, but I think that happens here too with cults. Is that uh, you want a, you want a feeling of belongingness? Belongingness? Damn, I'm making it's a feeling, words this feeling episode. Feeling of belonging. Yeah. So that you want to feel belonged in a society, and so by picking up, even if it's something as obscure as like a cult like this, you know that those people are going to be seriously um, connected to you in that way because you're both going to believe this extreme thing that not many people believe. So. It gives you an opportunity to connect with someone on a deeper level. But again, I don't advocate any of this. I just I feel like from observing it, that's what it is. Now, Victor, when it comes to getting in a cult, and I know we discussed why people might join a cult, Mm -hmm. how do you think influencers of the cult or leaders of the cult might get people to join their group?
0: Uh, Free stuff, (laughs) swag, swag,
1: like a free belly button ring.
0: I think, yeah, (laughs) I think it's targeting. It's effective targeting. It's not necessarily, um, you know, a lot of the things that these organizations— not going to call them organizations—that these cults or groups offer—is the feeling of belonging. Uh, It's not that they offer anything other than that. And so people who are, you know, steadfast in their beliefs and, you know, have an everyday life that's fine and and whatever, they're not impacted by these groups, these cults. But they're targeting the people who they identify as weak, the people who may be not well-off or single people who you know never belong they're estranged from their families you know they're missing out on all these things in life and so they don't have a support group and so the cults target these people so it's not necessarily what they're offering they're not giving out you know candy well they might be giving out candy um in a van windowless Um, They might give out opportunities yeah they're giving out opportunities to start anew and belong with a group of people and finally you know have a quote-unquote family to well I think it also
1: gives you you could get a opportunity in finding a job if you're someone who's unemployed And we saw it with is it Leah Remini? I think she was looking for opportunity this is Scientology Uh, she was in King of Queens Mm. she was already a big uh, she was already a big person on that TV show but I think she was looking for other opportunities and I don't I don't know if I I don't know a lot about her case Uh, she has interviews with Joe Rogan she has interviews Or a TV show. I think it was on True TV or something. So she goes deep into, like, what her thought process was, why she joined it, and, you know, why she left. Um, I think
0: she has a book out, too, or something. Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, But I think, you know, some of the things that she mentioned, from what I've heard, is, is that, you know, they present opportunities for you. It's like, once you get in this society with us, you know, your career might be more successful I mean Tom Mm. Cruise is is you know one of the biggest faces of Scientology and we know that he's I still think he's a great you know actor uh, action movie star Uh, I know a lot of people don't really care for him think he's boring Tom Cruise is great yeah so outside of that and Katie Holmes and all the other women he probably tried to convert (laughs) yeah I think he's a he seems like a normal guy one of the other things, when I was looking into cults for this episode, I was looking into why or how do cults keep people inside their ideology? So, how long can you stay in there and then think this is a little bit absurd? Like things are getting crazier than when they first started. You know, say that you gave me a list of we're having these five commandments that we have to meet. Uh, and then, you know, a month or a couple of years from now, rather you change it to 12 commandments or 13 commandments or you lower it to two to accept more people. It's like, well, I don't understand this, but if you're already in the cult and that happens, how are you accepting that without any like pushback? You know. Mm-hmm. So I was digging into it, and there's this thing called coercive persuasion, which is basically the act of brainwashing someone. And so when someone starts into a cult or someone is not sure about their thoughts being in this group, they somehow find a way, the group finds a way to lower their self-worth. You know, you're nothing outside of this. You have to cut ties with your family. You know, this is the only way that you'll succeed in life or something, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, And then so that person is already at, like mentally at a low state. And whatever you or someone else picks them up at that low state, that's how you develop a bond with someone. Someone's there for you in in your time of need. And so it gives them, I don't know, an opportunity to to join in with that group. And then whenever there's a lot, there are tons of people are surrounding you, having an, the ideology or thinking of a certain ideology, you're more than willing to accept that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have hundreds of people in your office... That watch football, and then you don't watch anything at all. But then you're not ta- so you're not talking or developing relationships with people at work. You might go watch football just so you have something to talk about at work, right? I mean, have you seen that in your own life? Where you're like, ah, I might watch a little bit of golf just so I can yeah, connect with some and people. In the I office. mean, that is
0: pretty much what I do as well. I'm not saying I'm joining any golf cults recently, but it's nice to, you, you know, know, what I mean. Though, and it's different groups of people too, so you know. I guess you could say that I belong to a bunch of different cults. Like
1: what? But all like the bowling cults.
0: Yeah. Softball cult. Murder cult. <laughs> you Murder be- of crows. What is that? Dude, we started a cult in the office. We gotta get in on that.
1: Murder of crows?
0: Yeah. There, we have, is it a podcast cult? No, we have... Uh, maybe. We have a couple different sides to our office and each side has different personalities which is kind of interesting but... Uh, the side that I'm on currently it's one of the few areas that has a full section. So like you can sit six people in a section and we actually have a full section and occasionally one of us will just let out a caw, caw and then the others will respond. And so we've kind of started our own rallying cry. We call ourselves I don't know, a couple of different things. Birds of Prey, <laughs> Birds of war, war, Murder of Crows. Isn't birds of war? We have from- a theme song. Really? we do yeah it's pretty wild
1: is it uh r kelly's
0: it is fly no it's a fly like an eagle some japanese artist she sings like you can't understand any of the words except she says crow a couple times
1: i believe i can fly that's the one that's r kelly that's not our theme song though oh
0: but yeah we just started our own our own cult over there. Our line of thinking on our specific side of the office. We don't want anyone else from the office to okay. join because they don't now, belong. Do the
1: partners count because you have partners that sit on your side? We
0: do. I mean, I'm pretty ex- sure they get you really annoyed. Invitation. We have not. But, I mean, I know they've heard
1: me ask, like, if people want to join. But... <laughs> like, one person specifically that happens to be, like, right in front of your room. Yeah. And she... Closes her door? <laughs> she just <laughs> closes her door. And she just asks like she didn't uh, hear anything. Uh, I don't know.
0: It's normally when like good stuff happens. Like we had an issue just the other day that you know a couple of us worked together to solve, and we solved the problem and let out our call cry, and you know it was a good thing. So we're celebrating. We're keeping the morale high in the so office.
1: How, is it just the six people in that group in that row, or is think, it people on the other side? I think for side? now, I think it's just okay. the six of us. We haven't heard any other calls in the office. So you haven't uh, pressured anybody to get in this group.
0: No, we're, we're making progress though. <laughs> we'll get there.
1: So you found like a way to, ma- not manipulate people, but to feel comfortable in a group. There's a little and bit. That's, of, there's a little bit of groupthink right now. That's
0: part of what it was too. Was trying to open some of the people up who who are a little less, uh, you know, involved in the silly kind of things in the office. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of the thing. Because obviously I'm an idiot, and like I do those things all the time. And so some people go along with them. But it was nice to see, you know, get some other people involved for a change and get them to branch out a little bit. Branch. Birds birds on a branch. Get it?
1: Yeah. Unfortunately. Call. Oh! So one of the other things, getting back to the brainwashing I was getting, uh, talking about, there was one last step, which was manipulation of the person's environment so that they would have to compromise their behavior. Uh, I think Waco, Texas, did it. Jonestown did it. If you are familiar with Jonestown, they, yeah. So that's like specifically Gonorrhea. Uganda. <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't was like Uganda. G- G- Gana, Ghana. I can't. Ghana. It wasn't Ghana. It wasn't Ghana, but it was like G A. It was in N-I-A South America, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Jonestown is in Guyana. Guyana. Yeah, they
0: were in California, and then right, and I think the as they got government, more pressure, yeah, yeah.
1: So they flew out, and this is like seven hundred people, nine over nine nine hundred people, yeah. yeah. Um, but the fact that they restricted all of their preaching, all their their society into a into a into a small area, and even with the wild wild country, the Rajesh, that was in Oregon, a small town, in Oregon that had. Like less than a hundred people in the town, they found it. Some the, uh, I guess the leader's assistant, she found the place, and they located all this land which they bought with money they fundraised with all the cult participants. The hype. And then they remade like they made this place into like a beautiful uh,
0: sanctuary.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having like a hard time coming up with the word that I, a compound was. I was yeah. what I was trying to say. But a sanctuary is what they thought it was, and they—I mean—they literally made a river at this place, like dug into the ground, made this beautiful river. So made it made a nice, uh, uh, beautiful place to live, and you know everything was contained within that space. And so, by restricting people to just that space, it makes it harder for people to want to leave, or makes people hard, makes them hard to leave. Period. Uh, there's a great interview with. Joe Rogan and Ron Miscavige, who is the leader? He's the he's David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology's dad. So Ron Miscavige was oh, in Scientology. I was like, <laughs> yeah, not not uh, L. Ron <laughs> not Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. He's yeah. Dead. I was like, he's dead. It. Uh, so yeah, Ron Miscavige was actually in Scientology when L. Ron Hubbard was alive. He joined whenever his son was like twelve or fourteen or something like that. And his son had some speech impediment or some issue, and he was able to overcome it with the help of getting audited. It was something really weird. Yeah. What do you mean? What kind of audit is this? Oh, so in Scientology, you have to sit in front of a, almost like a telegraph. Is it a telegraph? What's the thing where whenever you tell, it tells you if you tell a lie? Polygraph. That's the one. Telegraph. <laughs> Someone's beep, like, beep, 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 beep. beep yeah. <laughs> You have to learn how to telegraph. That would make you really really, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, so you sit in, some, in front of a polygraph and they ask you questions and at least I think that's what it is. That or they have a meter that you hold on your hands and then you're supposed to tell them all your deepest, darkest secrets. And that's another way to keep someone in a cult. If they have all the baggage on you, hmm. then you don't want to leave. Because if you leave, it all comes out. Great example who I just brought up, Ramos Cabbage. Ah. Since he was the leader of the church, uh, his dad. Dude, if you, if you type his name online, you see what I can only believe is a fake picture of him in prison. There is a picture of him with an uh, officer's uniform and a Nazi thing on his arm. And then he came out with a book bashing the religion completely because he had to escape the compound when he left. Like, you can't just walk off. He had to literally escape because they would come find him. And they have, he has a a book out, but then there's a website called Ron Miscavige's book. And it's like every article on it is like bashing him and talking about how, like, it even has a list of all his friends. It was like, Ron Miscavige's friends with, and then lists all these people.
0: And it's like, is that Scientology's attempt to like discredit
1: him? And It's so obvious though, if you look at it, I mean, it is clearly obvious and sad. Um, but that's, that's what they're trying to do is just discredit anything that he says by putting him under the, you know, in the line of fire. So we've seen that that can happen. And, you know, I don't know how pervasive it is throughout all cults, but you know, it happens. Uh, there was one, I watched it the other day where a guy had said he was the next coming of Christ and he had sex with his, with his son's wives.
0: His Dude. son had multiple? Oh, his he has sons, sons. Multiple
1: sons. Had wives. He, he was able to have sex with them because he said that was God's will. Dude, it's insane. <sighs> and how I still do you, don't understand how people fall for that. Exactly. Though. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I guess, you know, like we're talking about, I guess it starts off small and eventually you have to start believing everything. There's a thing called cognitive dissonance. Are you familiar with that?
0: Does it have something to do with thinking it does nice
1: (laughs) you're so good psychology and correct me if i'm wrong you can look it up while Mm -hmm. we're talking about this my understanding of cognitive dissonance is once you get once you have a belief in something and then you double down that belief it makes it makes it that much harder to self-correct and then say that you're not wrong or just to say that I'm sorry to say that you are wrong. When I don't know if if uh, you looked at the sky and you said the sky is purple, but you know good and well the sky is blue. Mm-hmm. Um, after someone calls you out on it and you say no 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 it's just it's just a very light shade of purple. I mean, this, is, this is like an elementary example. This is terrible. Uh, and then eventually it gets to the point that it is so obvious that there's no shade of purple ever. It's like the lightest blue you can get you'll never back down because it would make you look like an idiot, an idiot because you've been backing it this entire time. And then now you're going to leave and say that, uh, that you were wrong after all these years, after you knew that you were wrong, but you're just like, no, I'm not going to do that. So it's like an embarrassment type thing, even though you would be embarrassed for doubling down. Is that right? Does that sound like a close enough? What was the definition? Or It's like inconsistent thoughts hmm.
0: that are, like uh one of the examples they present is you know you work somewhere and you've got these office supplies, and you know proper ethics says you know they are the offices supplies they're to be used in the normal course of business, but you know if I take this pen and use it you know at home, what's the big deal? you know, so you have two schools of thought there of you absolutely cannot use this for personal use versus
1: and yeah, it doesn't hurt kind of thing. So maybe I'm doing a disservice by describing it the way I did. But I think you get the idea that you have a strong core belief and then, you know, whenever you have contrary evidence, it makes it hard for you to uh, I guess accept it and so you just double down on what you believe in. And I think you could do that with facts. If something if you're if you're so used to something, maybe that milk is good for you. Sure is. We were told that when we grew up, milk was great for you, right? Yeah. Full milk, fat milk, 100%. What's it called?
0: Delicious. <laughs> Full milk. Whole milk. Whole milk,
1: <laughs> a.k.a. milkshake milk. Delicious. I and mean, we're told that that is helps you create strong bones. Yep. And then whenever we get older, and see, there's some documentaries out there now that are saying that that could lead to osteoporosis. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what it is, osteoporosis. So the weakening of your bones as you get older, right? That's essentially what that is. The cognitive dissonance of being in a cult and having a strong belief in that cult's purpose and then someone saying, well, obviously it's not true because of this, then you just like, you shun that idea and you just kind of lock yourself in this position, making it even harder to get out. I'm trying to burp. (laughs) So what else else did you feel?
0: I mean, I just had some specific examples and this is more for people to get out and kind of inform themselves on because... The topics are so fascinating and to look at how people were manipulated and like the people who were at the head and the followers um involved and in what swayed them to join these causes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, just interesting, you know. There's plenty of documentaries and books out there. Charles Manson was a big one. Uh, His is pretty fascinating in the sense that he never actually committed the crimes, necessarily. Right. He was more of, you know, just strictly an influencer on his uh, subordinates, on his followers. And they were the ones who carried out the misdeeds, um, which is, you know, pretty interesting. Is
1: that conspiracy? Uh, I don't know what he went to jail for. He went to jail for life.
0: Yeah, and he is dead now, which is nice. um, Oh, is he? Yeah, he died in 2017. Didn't he marry someone while he was in prison? I have no idea. Okay, look that up. He died in 2017. He's got some pretty interesting interviews, you know, in prison, Uh, his line of thinking. He was just a crazy, crazy guy. Um, But I forgot what I was going to say about him, other than it was unique that he didn't actually commit the crimes. Um, Oh, he was more of a society guy. He wasn't a... Ever you need to do what's right because you know you need to be enlightened and that stuff. It was more oh, yeah. of these are the things that are wrong with society and we're gonna take care of it.
1: Did it not have anything thing. to do with religion? Uh I thought it had something small to do with like uh Christianity, but I don't know what it was. Yeah, the dug Manson
0: the Manson family. In it.
1: Uh while well, Vic's looking that up. Jonestown was another religious example. We've touched on that. There's something I saw today called the fundamentalist. Latter-day Saints. So this is the original uh, Mormon ideas, uh, ideologies. Oh, you have the Charles Manson.
0: So his group was about 100 followers. The Manson family is what they were known as. And he promoted a passion for unconventional lifestyle and habitual use of hallucinogenic drugs. So so it didn't have a ton to do with, uh, uh, well, I guess... A little bit he did claim at one point to be jesus so that I'm sure, I'm sure like
1: doing drugs probably makes you think that yeah jesus so
0: whether or not he actually believed a lot of the stuff that he even said who knows
1: well that makes a lot of sense why states won't allow recreational drug use depending on what the drug is you know like right. lsd or right meth <laughs> weed the Rajesh were the wild, wild country from Netflix we discussed uh, the, the fundamentalist Latter Day Saints I was going to bring up was I think some guy left the, the Church of Latter Day Saints and created his like fundamental uh, church which is like the original ideas of polygamy and other things and I want to say that still exists yeah if you look that up that still exists today but it's it's uh, they they inhabit two bordering cities in two states there's I don't know if there's thousands, but there's, you know, a little bit of people that still believe this crazy stuff. Um, and then Heaven's Gate. Have you heard of that one? I have not. I think that was the one where they believed in UFOs, that they were going to be taken up into the sky. Mm. And maybe they... they I have such a hard memory. I know that Jonestown was the one where they drank the Kool-Aid.
0: Yeah, and that's where that phrase comes from.
1: Yeah, and so if you ever hear that, you know... Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't go with.
0: It has a very negative connotation. <laughs> yeah, nine hundred plus people were poisoned by drinking Kool-Aid.
1: So those are just a few. La- any last words for uh, our segment or discussion?
0: Check out Waco. I can't remember. I think it was on like whatever Spike TV became, the Paramount new- Network. Yeah. So that Waco why. was like a short series, maybe like six episodes. That got rave reviews. Check that great. one out. Yeah. Um, Jonathan close.
1: Taylor Thomas is in that.
0: Is he? I thought <laughs> <No>. he died. <laughs> the, guy played, the
1: guy who played Taylor, whatever his name is, in Friday Night Lights. I don't know. He's like the fullback.
0: Sure. Friday Night Lights. Great actor. Clear Eyes, Full Heart. Friday Night Lights was kind of culty. Was it? Clear Eyes, Full Heart. Can't lose, nah, man. You can't
1: just because you have a slogan doesn't mean <laughs> so Wa- Waco looks great. I haven't seen it. Um, the following, which had Kevin. Bacon. Bacon. Or uh, Baker Rooney. I couldn't think of a good one. <laughs> nice. Uh, it follows a killer who reads a lot of Edgar Allan Poe material, and then he kills people in Edgar Allan Poe mask in uh, similar ways to his poems. Nice. In short stories. Seems up my alley. Uh, the Path has your boy from Breaking Bad, and he's in a cult. Starts Aaron off, Paul? Yeah, starts off in a cult. And then I think he leaves and, you know, whatever else happens. I don't know if he starts his own cult. Uh, I haven't seen any of the newer seasons, but check that out as well. I mean, that's that's gotten good reviews. And as there's
0: well. a ton of stuff out there on Scientology, too, if you're inclined for the more religious oh, side, if you can yeah. even consider that religious. And then I'd also pitch, know. you know, there's an episode out there. If you like Parks and Rec, they kind of make fun of cults a little <laughs> bit a on one episode. of the episodes. Um, and then, Season then two maybe it's, uh, it might be a little later than that because really? uh what's his face's character is there ben wyatt oh is there. Three. So season there so it's, three, it's a little later on um and then uh dude where's my car check that movie out it's an oldie but goodie ashton kutcher and the guy from american Pie is in it
1: which one where's the cult zoltan <gasps> shit dude <laughs> That's a great. Like I thought you were gonna say something about aliens, and I was like, no, they were real. But Zoltan no, yeah. was a cult. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, dog. So wore I the, mean, they were the
0: little more. They wore uh, popping paper, or whatever it is. Yeah, bubble wrap. Bubble. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's awesome. If you want a little lighter side into the cult game, you know, it's nice to get that's introduced. A, that's a good comedy watch, and then yeah. also
1: another great comedy would be The Wicker Man. <laughs> 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 and by comedy, I mean if you want to see Nicolas Cage in a bear suit for fifteen minutes. There's a movie that has that.
0: It's really great.
1: Um other movies, The Red State, kind of similar to The Westboro Baptist Church. We didn't talk on that much, um but yeah, you know, it's kind of culty. And The Master, which is a a made for Or I guess it's just like an I don't know if it's an HBO movie or an actual film that came out had uh Joaquin Phoenix and what is the dude's name? Philip Seymour Hoffman. He did. And it was basically Scientology. So, there's those tons of documentaries uh, going clear was the HBO one Wild Wild Country again I suggest it six episodes they're all about an hour each but definitely worth it
0: Moving right along Steven to who we have today toilet
1: talk toilet etiquette and the stall stall
0: etiquette and stall. stall gap I couldn't think of a better word like phrase to call it but Stop. all right. right I think it's the best way So to here it. you go here's the sitch yep you walk into a public bathroom mm-hmm. You've got some stalls. We're going to start. I can already see it now. We're going to start with the thought process. You've got three stalls, far end, handicapped. You've got one in the middle, and you've got one, you know, there. In front of you. In front of you. There's three stalls. What do you pick? All available. The middle. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean.
1: I I like touching feet.
0: Gross. (laughs) So, I think, like, my train of thought, if they're all empty, you got to take one of the ends. You have to. Because, you know, if someone else walks in and it's, needs the stall, they can give you that one stall gap, as they should. Exactly. You know, and this is not the gap that I'm talking about with stall gap, but, I mean, it's applicable. So that's why or I want It's wanna... the same
1: thing as when you're at a urinal. Yeah, yeah you, you, don't you get wanna... that
0: one, one gap.
1: The whole goal is that you're not directly beside someone when you're at a toilet. Yes. Is when a, you're a urinal doing, technically a toilet?
0: Doing your business. Or is it just... Yeah, it's a toilet. It flushes or, yeah, yeah. You pee into it.
1: I mean, if you're Stan Marsh, she's poop into it too.
0: Yeah dog. It? No, um up. so yeah, that's definitely the way to go. I mean, you have your instances where there's someone in a stall and you gotta do whatever. If the only stall available is the handicapped stall, do
1: you do you, th- do? do you think twice? Do you just go into it? Well, our office does not have any handicapped persons, so uh, I do not think twice.
0: Yeah, I pretty much just go into it.
1: If you're in public I hate to say that. I've done it before, but I don't use the bathroom much in public, so I don't really...
0: And I mean, it depends, too. A lot of times, you're going in and doing your business, like... I have a great know, story about this. You're moment. in, you're out, no big deal. And we've all seen, there's like a meme out there, some something that floats around on either Reddit or Instagram or whatever, and it's the picture... Of a turd? This, this, guy, <laughs> this guy took a picture while he was sitting on the toilet in the handicap stall and he took a picture like out from underneath. Oh, no. And there was you could just see the wheels of a wheelchair oh, sitting no. outside of the handicap stall and he said, This isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> but uh that's all the if all the, if all all the toilets situation. are full and he did yeah, that then I it's, mean, you it's did, not his fault but did what you uh had to do. So uh
1: to your to your thing, typically when we when we go to the bathroom Not together. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I was actually to say that too <laughs> someone takes the front or the last stall same thing with mm-hmm. the urinals well we only have two urinals at work mm-hmm. but if there are th- three urinal- urinals you would typically take the one closest to you then the next person takes the one farthest away then if it gets busy enough someone will take the middle but typically you leave the gap for yep. privacy yep i think that's the best way to put sure. it privacy right yeah Not that anybody's going to look at you no one should look at you. No one has X-ray vision through a stall
0: has... door or whatever.
1: Oh yeah, or a but wall. Well, some bathrooms, like at uh, entertainment facilities, they just don't have any. They don't have the actual stall. Yeah, divider dividers. Yeah. Um. So they someone could technically look over at you, pervs. We're not saying that you should or that it will happen, but it can happen. True. Um. And so that to be gentlemen. We try to give each other privacy in the sense that you have enough space that either you're going to notice someone staring at you or it's uh, hopefully not going to happen that far
0: away. And then you've got, like, there's this piece of shit that works at the law firm across the way. (laughs) The guy that doesn't wash his hands that we've mentioned many, many times. Uh,
1: Dude, Filthy Frank and... uh...
0: Filthy Frank, Stinky Pete, whatever you want to call him. Uh, this is
1: his third shout-out.
0: There's no doubt in my mind that he would mm-hmm. violate the rules immediately. He would, if we had three urinals, he would take the middle one every time. Mm-hmm. He's just that kind of guy.
1: He seems like the guy who would poop in the. He tank looks. If he he looks
0: really molestery too. I mean, he's got yeah. that like ratty facial hair, you know, balding. I he. I just. Oh, he's the we got donuts into the office the other day, and they came from a law firm. Mm-hmm. And I had to check first which law firm they came from because I knew if they came from his law firm, I didn't want to eat them.
1: Oh, absolutely not! I think we would have trashed them. Maybe. Oh yeah,
0: they'd have been gone. But but uh, the thing
1: is, I think even the girls know at this point how bad it is.
0: Yeah, I'd like to get some perspective on that to see. I've never. I mean, you don't talk to women about mm-hmm. those things, but you know, if if a lady's going into the ladies' room and there's three stalls in there what's what's normal procedure for that do you yeah, have like, a have a stall gap
1: like the the gentlemen do as well sure ladies let us know uh I know you typically have more stalls in your bathroom because you don't have urinals it's harder to you fill the space fill the space what you have yeah
0: and then so I guess one us. other aspect that I've seen with the stalls is just you know you're in a situation you know maybe you run out of tp in your stall what's do you, do? do you ask you know someone is next to you in the store that door? girls do actually ask guys uh, nope i don't nope. i've never heard that you're taking your undies off wiping and then <laughs> leaving them in there or <laughs> something <laughs> trying to flush them or throw them out well, i toilet. mean i guess
1: you've seen, have you seen the prank videos where the guy was like hey man he puts chocolate any-? on his hand hey, or something yeah he gets he has some toilet paper and he's like yeah dude and he gets it and he's like what is that <laughs>
0: oh yeah um so oh, yeah i th- i agree i think as that, guys were a little more sensitive to that, that
1: yeah, um, uh, I guess like if it really came down to it, I wouldn't want to leave the stall with like having like an unclean area, Boo butt, if you <laughs> will. <laughs> so I would probably ask, but I think guys in general might be a little bit more. Even Insistent. if they do, they'll be more hesitant to ask. I mean, you do stuff. the you do be like, the best hey, you
0: can, yeah. and then you waddle your way up to another floor. To, to explore their situation,
1: you just crawl on the dirty floor of the bathroom into the next stall, and get in. That <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: no one will ever know.
1: I actually have a pretty decent story about a your uh handicap toilet story. If I can add that, I'm listening. That really... I'm listening. It involves so, stalls, yeah, it involves stalls. So when I was, I would say eight. We'll go with eight in this story. Uh, when I was eight years old, maybe ten, maybe eleven. <laughs> I get it, I don't know how it was. It was last year. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, me and my dad went to Boston together, and we went to go watch the Red Sox play because I'm a big Red Sox fan, and went with a bunch of other guys, uh, dads and their sons as well. So on the way back, I had not pooped in three days because I was a kid, and I didn't feel comfortable pooping anywhere but my own toilet at home, Right. And I think i mean i've I've made this a point in the podcast plenty of times before where i i'm where, where I'm most comfortable at is where I will try to take the, all the poops all the poops, but then sometimes it doesn't happen that way right all right we're getting we're boarding the not boarding the plane but we are at the airport getting our ticket in line for our ticket. Cause this is like this is so long ago yeah, that you back when you were can't do it on your phone there. like yeah. you actually have to pick your ticket up there um I'm beside my dad, and then I was like, "Dad, I gotta use the bathroom." He's like, "Wait a second, we're gonna get this ticket, then I'll take you to the bathroom." And I was like, "But dad, I gotta use the bathroom," and he's like, it's, "It'll be fine. Like, just give me a few minutes, and then we'll be over there." Well, you know, he looks up and is like waiting for the line. Line moves. He looks back down, and I'm gone. And so, as soon as I'm gone, he freaks out, and he's like running around looking for me. I immediately beeline into the into the uh, handicap bathroom because it was the biggest one. And I don't know if you've ever been in a handicapped bathroom, but the seats are typically higher up. Too. Way high, yeah. I don't know why. It's a little bit weird. Uh, I guess it facilitates, transition like, yeah, of
0: transitioning that. out of the chair yeah. and okay. onto the
1: toilet. So I was a little kid with my, my feet dangling, right? And then I'm in the bathroom, like, trying to use the bathroom, and I, can't, I still can't do it, you know? I'm still constipated and, like... Uh, freaking out. And then my dad, I hear my dad run in the bathroom and like, he like kicks open one of the stalls and someone's in the bathroom. He's like, Hey man, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm looking for my son. <laughs> and so I'm like, just like, you know, dangling my feet, like waiting for like everything to come out. And I don't know what's really going on. Like I hear noise, but I'm like, ah, I got to hurry up and do this. Like I gotta go see my dad. And so when I finish, which is essentially nothing, I get off. And, uh, I go see my dad and he's like, where were you? And I was like, oh, I was in the handicap stall. And he's like, what? You are in the handicap stall. I was just in there. And I was like in, in the bathroom. And I was like, I kicked the door open on somebody. Uh, and he's like, I couldn't find you. And I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Whoops. And I guess he, he thought that I wouldn't be in the handicap stall. He's like, why would he be in there? And plus he probably didn't see any feet because they were tingling <laughs> over the, uh, bottom of the door. But Dang. yeah, so I used, I tried to use the bathroom and, uh. Yeah, dad freaked out, so. Good times, man. Though it's a pretty good story. He might have an actual better take on it, you know, being the guy who was really worried for a good 20 minutes that his son was kidnapped. Yeah. So, i see if I get him on the podcast and- Ask him that again. some good stories. So, guy, uh, girls, again, um, reach out to us if there is, happens to be anything that we're not aware of on the girls' side of the bathroom. We don't go in there, so we don't know. We don't know. Um, You guys might even have nice air fresheners, so. Yeah. Tell that to.
0: Moving on, versus we have on this week's versus dogs versus cats. I think there is not a debate here
1: uh, because dogs are better.
0: (laughs) Dogs are the best. There's dog people, and then there's losers, and those people are cat people.
1: All right, what's your argument to start off with? Because I will full disclosure. Steven's I, a dog I'm person. Not sh- I'm, well, actually, I'm not sure. You grew I'm up with both? Fence. You're I'm,
0: bi- bisexual.
1: I'm bi-animal. Okay. Does that sound gross? ban Banimal. <laughs> Does that sound gross?
0: Sounds illegal.
1: It, it <laughs> In North Carolina, at least. <laughs> Maybe not California. Uh, yeah, so I'm on the fence. I've had both, and I've seen the benefits and consequences of both. Mm-hmm. So, being a dog guy, how would mm-hmm. you start off?
0: Well, I mean... I guess I should preface, uh, I did not grow up with any pets. Uh, The first pet I ever had was the dog that I got a little over a year ago. My brother has three cats, so that's a little excessive. I see the merit in cats. I respect Mm -hmm. cats, um, and I enjoy the low maintenance as well. Definitely nice. We fostered some cats two or three years ago now. It's been a long time, but for a couple months, we helped someone in the neighborhood out. So I get it. I see the merit in it, but it's just, there's more to do with dogs, you know, I mean, I realize you can kind of have your life and have no problems with cats, but dogs, you take them out, you enjoy them with other people, you take them to the park, you enjoy them with yourself, you know, you hang out and veg around all day, they just kind of lay down and nap next to you, Um, but then you can go out and be active and enjoy yourself and get out and involved and take them to breweries and you know, you have people... It, it's a conversation starter. You don't see people out in public talking about cats. You definitely don't see people
1: bringing their cats outside. <laughs> there is
0: one... Have you seen the cat down... The fat cat
1: downtown? Downtown. In downtown oh, Raleigh. I think I saw some guy bring it the other day. There is one guy who yeah. brings
0: his cat, his overweight cat, out for walks. And he
1: doesn't put a leash on it, though, No. No.
0: Right? Just walks around. It'll walk, like, 10 feet and then sit because mm. it's so fat. And then it'll walk another ten feet, and then sit down and have heavy, heavy breathing and stuff. Crazy.
1: That is crazy, but that's why cats should stay indoors. Yeah. So uh, there you go.
0: Less versatile.
1: Um, for me, the thing with cats is that they can offer some sort of companionship. Mm-hmm. They do. They don't necessarily like cuddling with you.
0: So when they're clawing your face, that's yeah.
1: Now I do like having. We have a cat at my parents' house. They usually. Uh, posts up at the bottom of the bed, and so when you go to bed, they're down there at the bottom, warming your feet up a little bit, you know, kind of hanging out, not that they're gonna do anything whenever something bad comes in like a dog would, but they're there kind of in spirit right you're the you're the protector and then they're the uh guardian angel, sure, I don't know <laughs> that's probably too much credit for the cat
0: too much too um,
1: but I don't know i mean cats are cats are fun to pet, you know. Some of them are assholes, though. The one that we have is a, pr- a pretty big asshole. Like, you know, if you start petting him, he likes biting you. <laughs> he has sharp teeth. <laughs> cats, so. all cats have sharp
0: teeth. It's not like, I mean, dogs do too. But when they're puppies, it's pretty bad. But well, you know, now that Jackson has his adult canines, you know, he'll nibble on you, and it's not, not yeah. a big deal.
1: I guess the positive thing is that you have him in the house. You feel like something, someone, or something is there with you but you don't have to do too much stuff when it comes to taking care of them. Like you clean their litter box out, you know, you feed them once or twice a day, you leave some water out. You could leave food out for like a few days if you really wanted to. I, I, would, I don't advocate that for anybody who has cats. I'm not trying to get PETA caught on me. It should,
0: should also be noted that I'm allergic to cats.
1: Well, we had two cats in the house, and that's for when a period. I,
0: when I discovered, oh, <laughs> my.
1: So Victor and I, cats sat, cats fostered, scratch, fevered, essentially two cats for four months is what I was, yeah. I actually meant to say, uh, one of them had like an abdominal issue where it got cut when they were born, and it flopped back and forth, oh. it, like sway left or right. Dude, so was the it, she thing. she did
0: not enjoy because I would just try to poke it and stuff, it. <laughs> and like she did not like that at all.
1: But they, I mean. Those are probably some of the best cats I've ever played with. Oh, yeah. They, they were, were really good.
0: Big personalities. You yeah. know, they, they turned me on to the possibility of being a cat person and the yeah. ease of care for them. Yeah, they didn't provide quite the companionship that I was looking for mm-hmm. and a pet, you know, definitely got to go dog for that. But it, they were just pretty chill. Well, Jacks, yeah, Jackson Kiwi, which is kind of where my dog Jackson, his name comes from. Um, Jax was definitely the cooler one. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, going downstairs in the morning, opening the refrigerator, getting something out, and then he was, like, on top of the refrigerator Dude, yeah, somehow. I don't even know how he got there. No idea how he got up there. And
1: then Kiwi would just be lazy and, like, hang around.
0: Yeah, and lay um, down and kind of want you to pet her, but not really.
1: There was one time with, with, with Jax, I was trying to mess with him, right? I put clothes in the washing machine. And then I was going to act like I was going to throw him in the washing machine, and he effed up my arm. <laughs> like, he just, caught, like, blood pouring down my my arm. It was so bad, he was freaking out.
0: Yeah, cats no holds barred, man.
1: So, that's a, that's a consequence of having a cat. They are lazy, and they don't always want to play with you. Yeah. But dogs, dude.
0: You're on their terms.
1: Dogs will, if you are up and about, the dog is ready to play. Yeah. Like, all the time which to the point of exhaustion yeah
0: it it does get tough at times i mean always under your foot your feet you know you're stepping on them half the Mm -hmm. time uh, always following you around trying to get in the bathroom while you're using it you know it's just weird but i mean ultimately the the perks of owning a dog over a cat uh definitely for me outnumber i'm a dog person
1: I might have to agree with you just because I can't think of any good arguments for wanting to have a cat other than if you want to have a pet and not be that responsible. <laughs> it's that's the way yeah, to go. It's
0: a personality thing too. It depends. Yeah. I mean, like depends you want some companionship
1: with someone, but the, again, you don't want to have to, you don't want anything big. You don't have to, I guess cats shed pretty bad. Yeah. You'd have do. to clean up a lot after them. So that's the, that's another thing. Dogs can sometimes be like that as well, depending on what kind of dog you have. But, um,
0: Yep. Yeah. But we'll let you guys vote on the site just like uh if you want to go back and listen to prior episodes. We have a This is our fourth one now with mm-hmm. the verses uh in v- segment and so we've got a couple out there for you to go listen to and vote for yourselves. Yeah.
1: Give us some feedback. You get you get automatic results on what the poll has and uh what the populace out there who are voting. Think about the verses this week. So, leave us some feedback too if you have any future versus questions you would like us to discuss on the podcast?
0: And now the moment of truth, Stephen. The rating
1: of the Cloudy the Beer.
0: New Belgium Voodoo Ranger, Juicy, Haze, IPA. Lazy Hazy. It's a seven and a half percent alcohol by volume IPA, it packed is. with bright tropical aromas and brilliant mm-hmm. citrusy flavors. It is unfiltered, as I identified without even reading the bottle. You can Whoa. definitely tell though, it's not that not that difficult to
1: tell. It's not clear. Uh, it's not That doesn't make it bad though. With
0: a pleasantly smooth finish.
1: Again, so there you go. I like to reiterate that it has a little bit of pineapple flavoring to it. I thought. Definitely, I agree. Um, it looks like grapefruit juice. Sure, it's thicker like that. Or maybe an orange ten calorie monster. Orange <laughs> peach. What is it called? Apple peach. Apple peach crayon rehab rehab yeah monster rehab that's what it looks like so Vic do you have a rating for this beer already?
0: um I did not enjoy it as much as the session that we drank that's... way way long ago um I do have to say bang for your buck seven and a half percent and despite the fact that this is unfiltered it mm-hmm. is extremely refreshing um and smooth um and citrusy very mm-hmm. summery beer. I think it's a great time to release it uh, by new, new Belgium here. That's, I'm pretty sure it's pretty new.
1: Yeah, uh, I haven't had this before. and either came
0: before. out in March or April, so yeah. that's uh, a good move on their part, really hitting the market when it should.
1: He even um, has the whole uh, nice floral-designed shirt on the skeleton. He so. does, yeah.
0: So, I mean, I'm going to have to give it a solid
1: 3.8. Dang, man. I was actually... G- I hate that you were really, you hit the number that I wanted to hit. You know <laughs> what I mean? I was I was sitting around. I was like, it's not a 3.5 because I still think it's a really good beer. I think we gave the session a four, something around a four. And the session was great. Uh, Terrapin session that we had. Recreational. Recreational that's, that's ale. What it was This one was, the flavor wasn't too bold. I would have appreciated a more bold flavor, a little bit more taste of the hops, I didn't taste much of that either, mm. um, but it was smooth for people who are looking for a nice summer beer that is that goes down pretty easy and it smells high end, good. It high is cloudy, end high end on alcohol. I mean, it was like eight bucks for a six pack, so it was on sale though. It's just like nine bucks for a six pack usually, um, three point eight as well. So I will agree with you on that. Damn, um, good beer. That's a good beer. And New Belgium doesn't put out too many beers that I don't like, so. Recommend New Belgium as a brewery and the Juicy Haze IPA if you're looking to get toe up in the summer. Up. So we
0: want to take a minute to mention, uh, and we've teased this to friends and family so far, but we plan on having an actual brewery, guest on the podcast, a new brewery out in the Raleigh area. If you are around town, check out Fun Guys Brewing. Uh, Newly opened just yesterday. April 14th. April 14th for us at the time of recording this podcast. Um, So they will be open with varying hours. Check out their Facebook page, Fun Guys Brewing. F-U-N-G-U-Y-S. So hopefully we'll have them on the podcast on a future date to get their thoughts on the brewing industry, the brewing process, how they came to start the brewery and give you you listeners a better idea of what goes into the craft brewing process and how that all gets started. They definitely came to the right state in my opinion, depending on where you're listening from. California, Colorado, and North Carolina are the leaders in my humble opinion on the craft brewing game. But but what do you know? What do I know? So thank you guys for listening and supporting the podcast in any way that you can. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so that you can stay up to date on all of our content. If you feel so inclined, please rate and leave us a review as it helps to drive our exposure to the masses. Don't forget to check out our website, myshotoflife.com, and give us a follow on our social media sites at myshotoflife on both Twitter and the Instagrams. In addition to iTunes, please check us out on SoundCloud and Stitcher, where we will be posting our episodes each week. Feel free to reach out to us through our various outlets with comments and suggestions on future episode topics, toilet talk topics, versus topics, and any drinks you feel we should try and rate.
1: Guys, thanks for enjoying another episode of our podcast. We hope that you drink responsibly when listening or when you're out and about in the world. And always remember, drinks are better with friends.